Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. All right, now I'm going to be reading to you today. Usually I preach from the New King James, but today we're going to go to the Amplified Version and uh, to the book of 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5, and we'll begin reading in verse 5. But I want to thank our head usher, Jason, um, for what you're about to hear next. A woman was brought up on charges of domestic abuse, brought before the court for the act of beating her husband with his own guitars. The judge says to the woman, first offender? She said, no, first a Gibson, and the next one was offender. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. <laughs> All right. Are you ready? First Peter chapter 5, verse 5. Likewise, you who are younger and of lesser rank, be subject to the elders, the ministers, and spiritual guides of the church. How many of you believe that still needs to be true today? Giving them due respect and yielding to their counsel. Clothe or apron yourselves, all of you. Now we're not just talking about the young, this is all of us. All of you, clothe or apron yourselves with humility. The garb of a servant, so that its covering cannot possibly be stripped from you. So that its covering cannot possibly be stripped from you. Today I want to talk to you, I've titled this message, Positioned for Promotion. And there's only one real way to be promoted and be promoted right. And that's to be promoted by God. But we must all come to the position, this position of humility. Now, let me just say, there's a lot of ideas about what humility is. A lot of weird ideas about what humility is. I'll just say it like this. In the book of Micah, chapter 6, an Old Testament, one of the minor prophets, chapter 6, verse 8, the Lord says, What does the Lord require of you? But to do good, to love mercy and to, uh, or, um, to do good, to, to do justly, I'm sorry, to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. To do justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Later on, Jesus is having one of those regular face-offs with the Pharisees. And he tells them in Matthew chapter 23, he says, you tithe on everything. I mean, you're so good at, you're so accurate, you tithe even the, the spices in your house, you do 10%. And, and, but here's the problem, guys. You have neglected the weightier matters of the law. You know, there are more important things than the others. And Jesus said, you've neglected the more important things to do justice, to love mercy, and to have faith. See, Jesus taught us that humility is actually faith. It's taking God at his word to believe what he says is true Despite what you think about it, what you feel about it, or even what you see with your own eyes. Because our God, is, He does not operate based on circumstantial evidence. He is an invisible God. He spoke invisible things, and guess what? Matter came together, and everything that we know in the world, and all this creation, the cosmos, and all these things came to being because this invisible God spoke invisible words, and matter happened. So He's not depending on your circumstances. As a matter of fact, he's given you this power to be like him, as Heather was saying earlier. We're made in his image to speak his word into our situation and see change come. To speak his word into your dark situation. Speak light and light will be. 
speak healing into your sickness, to speak blessing into your lack, to speak restoration into your broken relationships. Whatever it is, wherever that lack may be, the Lord is here on the scene. He's given you his word that is higher. It is of highest authority. But the scripture admonishes us here to humble ourselves. We're going to have to humble ourselves and to be submissive to his word. Now, God's word is a powerful thing. And to humble ourselves is to, is to simply say, God, I believe you. And I'm going to meet you on your terms. And his terms so many times are different from our terms, aren't they? See, if we're going to really humble ourselves before our God, then it's going to have to, we're going to have to get kind of outside of our thinking. When I think, I, know, I remember years ago when I would think about humbling myself before God, I would think, hit the dirt, holler. You know, put your face in the ground and grovel and beg and cry and show God just how sincerely humble you are. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. That's an amazing thing. Let's, look, let's continue reading and watch this. With freedom from pride and arrogance toward one another, for God sets himself against the proud. Now, that's a fight you don't want to get into, right? Because here's the deal. The insolent, the overbearing, the disdainful, the presumptuous, the boastful, and he opposes, frustrates, and defeats them. So that's a fight you're not going to win. But gives grace, favor, blessing to the humble. Or in other words, to those who believe. Verse 6. Therefore, humble yourselves, demote, lower yourselves in your own estimation under the mighty hand of God that in due time he may exalt you. There's the promotion. The promotion's sure. And there's a due time coming for God to promote you, to bring you up, to elevate your life. But it's not going to come apart from believing him. Next, verse 7. Casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on him, for he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. That is good news. God cares about you and he's watching over you. This says, humble yourselves, put on humility like it's never coming off. You know, it's interesting Guys are a lot like this. I remember growing up, we always knew like when two guys were about to fight because one thing that happened before they fight was they take their shirt off, right? Oh, it's on, right? And so you knew a fight was about to happen. Heather and I got to experience this years ago at the uh, Gaylord Texan. Y'all ever been down to that icy fantasy land they do every Christmas time of year, you know? And our kids were little at the time and we went out there and when, when you get there, uh, you put on this massive coat. How many of you have been there? You've been there and walked through all that. It's pretty neat. I mean, all these ice sculptures and stuff. And, but you put on this huge gold coat, and it's got a hood on it, and it goes all the way down, and you're all bundled up, and you're glad after a little while that you've got that coat on because it is cold in there. And as we're walking through, and they're you know, herding us through like cattle, and as we're taking on all the sights, all the glimmer and the glitter and of all the Disney princesses and all kinds of stuff, all of a sudden, uh, a scene happens right before us where two men are in a scuffle. And their kids are screaming. I mean, one of them's got a, a stroller, you know, and they've got just babies around them. And, and one of them, he, he realizes that this coat is <laughs> encumbering him, so he tries to cast it off. Well, the problem was it's so long he gets caught up in it and that guy just takes advantage and just starts beating the mess out of the guy. He's like, this is... <laughs> so I run over there and I get in between them and I'm, I'm like, 
trying to get them to wake up. Guys, do you see where you are? You're in fantasy land. What are you doing? Your kids are screaming. And finally got them settled down and said, what in the world? Why would you possibly do this? And the guy that didn't have the stroller said, he hit the back of my foot with his stroller. Oh, come here, sweet baby. Well, you have such sensitive little heels. God bless you. Pride is an ugly thing, and it really makes you look ugly. It makes you look stupid. And God resists the proud, but he gives favor. He gives grace to those who humble themselves before him. And let me say what this looks like. When I say that you humble yourself, that means you meet him on his terms. Well, what are his terms? Well, when he says to come to him, he says, when you come to me, you come boldly. Now, I know, I know, when you think about approaching God, I know what you're thinking. I know you're thinking about how much you don't deserve it or what you've done wrong. All those kinds of things, we start disqualifying, right? You think that uh, you need to crouch down. No, no, no. He says, when you come to me, come boldly. Because I want you to understand today what Jesus has done for you did not just make you right with God, even though he did. He brought you into a family. He made you children. He is the firstborn among many brethren. He was the only begotten son of God, but now he's the firstborn among many brethren. You're all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. So as children, you have a right to approach him boldly. As a matter of fact, not just a right, it's a demand. God's not going to have it any other way. He's not going to have his children groveling, begging, he says, come boldly before the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy. See, that's kind of opposite of what we think of humility, isn't it, though? Well, Lord, we don't, we don't ask for much. We just, just want our needs met. Hey, humble yourself. That sounds humble, but it's actually quite prideful. What has he said? Whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. Jesus took the limits off. Lord, I don't mean to bother you none. Bother me! I'm your father. Get that false humility out of your life. Take me at my word. Believe that I'm the God of more than enough. Believe that I am your father and you're my child. You're not some employee. You're not a slave. You're sons. Humble yourself under his opinion. What does his opinion say? His opinion says by his stripes you're healed. Let me tell you how humiliating that is when you're sick to say I'm healed. Everybody else around you going, Okay. Hmm? Scripture says, let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. These are his terms. These aren't my terms. These are his terms. It's going to take some real Bible humility to accept that, though. Because religion has veiled this truth to make you think that is pride when it's actually real humility. To believe that God wants you blessed. To believe that God wants the best for you. Believe that he has come to give you life and have it to the fullest. Religion's taught us to live small lives, to ask for small things in small ways, to have our own little personal small walk with Jesus. When Jesus says, your light's you don't get the privilege of a private relationship. You're on display, Christian. You're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. Me and Jesus, we got our own thing going. No, you don't. 
No, you don't. You'd like to think that, but you don't. Amen. We're all sons of God. We all have, you know, all the walks of life that are here today. You people come from God knows where. But here's the thing that we all find common. Christ died for our sins. He died for our sins. That puts us all on level playing ground, doesn't it? That's why the Scripture says God is not a respecter of persons. He died for our sins. Oh, my God. See, that's the beauty of the gospel. It's not just that Christ died. He was buried. He rose again from the dead. But that Christ died for our sins. So that we don't have to die from our sins. And he was buried, but God raised him from the dead the third day. When's the last time you heard just the beautiful gospel? That gospel is not about me. It's about Christ died for me. Christ was buried. Christ rose again. And here's the invitation. Whoever believes on him will have everlasting life. I'm looking at a room full of whoever's here today. That invitation is to every one of you today to believe on Jesus. And we made a new creation today. Old things are passed away and all things have become new in him. Y'all are too quiet on me. Why are you so quiet? Humble yourselves, it says, verse 6, that he may exalt you. It doesn't mean to think less of yourself. It just means to think of yourself less. All right? Set your sights on him. Set your sights on what he has said, what he's promised you. The mighty hand of God. This is the upholding and preserving, protecting hand of God. Amen. This is the hand that is determining, controlling the destinies of men. This is God symbolizing his might, his activity, his power in creating the universe. So don't buy into that little lie that you are all you need. Amen. You need that higher power. So come out from your own opinion. Do you remember when Abram, God comes to Abraham in Genesis chapter 15, as a matter of fact, Abraham, his name was Abram still at this time before God changed it to Abraham. He got his new name in chapter 17, but as he's Abram, and Abram means father or exalted father. And Abram, at this point of his life, he's 84, 85 years old, and uh, he has been following God for nine or 10 years at this point. God called him at 75 years old to get up and get out of his father's house. He's going to take him to a land and give him an inheritance, a place he didn't know where he was going. 75, that's time to settle down. That's not time to start a new life. Right? 75 years old, and he does it. He follows God, and yet God's telling him, and you, all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed. I'm going to multiply your descendants, and guess what? Nine, ten years go by, and he ain't seeing any, no circumstantial evidence of that promise. He's just walking around camping out in the desert and, and just doing his best to follow God. And then God shows up in Genesis chapter 15 and says, Do not fear, Abram. I am your exceedingly great reward. He says, The word of the Lord came to him in a vision in this way. And then Abraham, you could sense his frustration. You know what it's like to be frustrated, right? When you're holding on to that word, you're holding on to that promise, and days, weeks, months, years go by, and yet you still find yourself holding on to it, holding fast to confession of your faith, and days, weeks, months, years still go by. And here's Abraham. He finally says, what are you going to give me? Seeing I go childless. And the one that is born in my house is the son of my servant, and he's getting all my stuff. He's going to inherit everything. And God said, no, 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 no. This is not how this is going to work. You're going to have one from your own body. Abraham's like, I'm not getting any younger. Have you noticed? 
He's 84, 85. Sarah's 10 years younger than him. And then the Lord says, get up and get out of your tent. You're living small, Abram. You're thinking small. You're closed in. Come outside. And so Abraham comes outside and God says, look at the stars. See if you can count them. So shall your descendants be. Whoa. You got to see something, Abram? Here's what you need to see. I need you to see what I'm seeing. You're living in that closed little world and you're living in your own head. You've let your doubts and fears come in and rob you of this truth. And the scripture says, and Abram believed in the Lord and the Lord accounted it to him for righteousness. And it wasn't until, well, he was having to humble himself for sure. Imagine this, a little while later, God changes his name to Abraham, which means father of many nations or Romans chapter four says father of the world. Can you imagine Abram walking around? Hello, I'm Abraham. That means father of the world. Well, where are your kids? We ain't started our family yet. I'm only 99 years old. We're just getting going. 99 years old. 99, God had been telling him for 24 years, so shall your descendants be. Nothing, nothing, nothing. But something happened. Something put it in acceleration when Abraham got that word in his mouth, when he started saying, Abraham, I am Abraham. I am father of many nations. My family, the moment from the moment God changed his name to Abraham having to introduce that promise in his name, one year later, Isaac was born. So you can listen to all these promises all day long and hear it from God all you want, but my family, you're going to have to humble yourself and say what he says because that accelerates the process of that promise coming to pass in your life. God needs you in this partnership. He needs your faith. He needs you to humble yourself. And say what he says, despite what you see, despite what you feel about it, despite the years, despite the time. Abraham and Sarah did do the impossible because they grabbed a hold of a promise. And the scripture says that he didn't even consider his own body already dead, being that he was 100 years old. Not even Sarah, but he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. And he was, finally came to that place where he was fully persuaded God is able to perform what he promised. And when he got to that place, boom, there's the promise. Insurmountable odds, hopeless situation, and yet there it is. He against all hope, contrary to hope, the scripture says, in hope believed. Listen, you can't expect others to jump on board with you when you're in your faith journey. When you're humbling yourself before God, and a lot of times it'll be humiliating. They might persecute you. They might laugh at you. They might mock at you. Don't worry about that. Your hope isn't in getting a company of people to agree with. Your hope is in the one who gave you the promise, who is faithful, who is sure to his word, who will not fail you ever. He'll never leave you and he'll never forsake you. He is good. 75. Book of Psalms says, at, I mean, uh, Romans says that at 100, he's as good as dead. But my family, Abraham's life didn't stop there. This guy got so healed. This guy got so rejuvenated in his life from his walk with God from 75 years old to 100. Now he's got this boy, well, about 140, at about 140 years old, Sarah dies. Abraham's like, man, I'm feeling so good. I think I'll get remarried and start a new family. That's exactly what he did. He marries a woman named Keturah and has six more kids. And finally went to heaven at the right good old age of 175. 75. 
the waning years of his life, but God gave him a hundred more because he humbled himself. Choose to humble yourself under his opinion despite other people's opinions or even your own. Let God take you on a marvelous journey with him because he has only good in store for you. And he promises long life to those who take him at his word. Anybody going to take him at his word today? Hmm? Casting the whole of your care. Verse 7, I'll finish with this. Casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your fears upon him. And let me say this. Sometimes in thinking and in praying and in saying we do that, but then find ourselves many times taking that care right back. That's why it says to cast it. You don't keep it anywhere near you. Throw it over on God. That's literally what it means, to throw it over on Him. Because let me just remind you today, to be anxious about something, to worry about something, to be concerned about something is God's territory. That's not yours. And that is you just meddling and playing God. All of those are forms of pride. Worry is pride. Concerns. Because what do you need to worry? Jesus said, what's worry going to do for your life? What's that going to do? You trust God. Seek first the kingdom. All this stuff is going to be added to you. God knows what you have need of before you even ask. He's your heavenly father. Listen, you don't have to beg him to take care of you. He's your father. It's his job to take care of you. It's his responsibility. He has to. You're in the family. All your concerns, once and for all on him. Today, you need to let some things go in your life. Today, you've been carrying. You've been carrying weights about yesterday or weights about tomorrow. Taking burdens on that you have no business taking on. And today, you need to make the decision. I am casting it on him. I'm giving this over to him. Turn to somebody and tell them, leave it to God. Leave it to God. Listen, he's going to be up all night anyway. You might as well get some sleep. Amen? All right? So in, just continue. And listen, you're going to be tempted. And you know, you've lived life long enough to be tempted to try to take that thing back if you're not seeing any changes. And take that worry right back. You're going to be tempted to do it, but you need to, I told the earlier service, you've got to treat that thing like a mosquito that just landed on your arm. Eh, I'll get around to fixing that. No, no, you get that thing away from you immediately. You open your mouth. And you declare what God has said, because when that fear-producing situation happens, my family, the Lord offers you a route of courage and victory. And that's going to happen when you humble yourself and say what he says. No, God has not given me a spirit of fear. He's given me a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. God is with me. He will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He was wounded, and I am healed by his stripes. Hmm? We humble ourselves under his opinion. Humble ourselves before God. Just simply believe him. Take him at his word. He'll never let you down. Let's pray for a moment. Father, thank you for this time together with these precious people today. Thank you that every one of your promises are so sure to us. Your word says it like this. All the promises of God are in Christ. Yes, and in him. Amen. Whatever it is that you need today, whatever darkness or lack or suffering you have in your life right now, maybe you've got a relationship that needs some work. I don't know if it's a child, spouse, friend, parent. Make the decision now 
to say, Lord, I'm putting this in your hands. I'm tired of being torn up about this, the tearing, the hurting, the crying, the grief, and I'm putting it in your hands today because you are a restoring God. You know how to heal this. You know how to restore this relationship. You know how to bring us back together. Thank you, Father. Right now, there are some of you in this room today who need healing in your body. You've been suffering with pains, sicknesses, ailments, diseases. And I'm here to tell you today, humble yourself before God and say, Lord, I choose today to not accept what doesn't come from you. I know this does not come from you. I know that you came to bring healing, that my Savior intentionally took stripes upon his back, was beaten mercilessly that I would be healed. So I receive healing today. And I humble myself to your word. And I choose to believe what you say. You need a breakthrough in your finances today. You need help. You got more money than month, month than money most of the time. Maybe you've got a lot of debt, but here, I'm, I'm here to give you some good news today. God's not afraid of any of that. He will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. And the blessing of the Lord makes you rich and he has no sorrow with it. Humble yourself to him today and say, Lord, I believe in your blessing and I want it on my life. I don't want to trust myself and I don't want to just trust this one source of income I have coming in, even though I'm thankful for it. But Lord, I know there's more with you. And I tap into your supply today. I believe your word. What is it that you have need of today? Cast it upon the Lord. He loves you. He cares for you. Every one of your concerns are his concerns. Just give them to him. He's on your side today. Don't fight him another day by trying to just do it your own way. Don't resist him today. Believe him. And let him promote you. Let him increase you. Let him help you. Father, thank you for that. You're faithful, faithful, faithful. And we bless you today. In the mighty name of Jesus, peace and grace, God, upon every household here today. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.